Welcome to Series 3 of Pause and Listen, the podcast from Pause. I'm Claire Laxton, Director of Communications and Influencing at Pause, and will be your host for this episode. Firstly, thank you so much to everyone who listened, downloaded and shared the podcast so far. Please do keep subscribing and sharing. Since we launched Pause and Listen last year, we've had some great feedback and a special mention to the Media Trust and our Women's Voices volunteers who helped us think about the podcast and improvements that can be made to it. Pause is a national charity working with women who've experienced or at risk of having their children removed from their care. We offer an intensive, trauma-informed model of support to women, so the removal of a child should never have to happen more than once. We now have 30 Pause practices across the UK and since 2013 have reached 2,300 women who've had over 7,000 children removed from their care. This episode is exploring what being trauma-informed means. Many of us will hear the term being used. In fact, I used it earlier in my description of pause. But what does it mean in reality, and and what does it feel like for a woman working with pause? Some formal definitions of trauma-informed talk about a strengths-based approach, which seeks to understand and respond to the impact of trauma on people's lives. For pause, it's an approach which recognises when people experience trauma and adversity, it will have a physical and emotional impact on their life. As professionals, that means that we understand and expect these experiences to impact on someone, and we actively demonstrate that understanding. Being trauma-informed probably sounds quite simple, but in practice it's pretty complex and skilled work. So in this episode, you'll hear from two specialist health professionals who work in a trauma-informed way from a woman who worked with PAUSE and a PAUSE practitioner, about the difference PAUSE makes and what being trauma-informed means to them. I'm really excited and pleased to be joined by Jessie and Lara from PAUSE Plymouth. Hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Lara is a PAUSE practitioner in Plymouth, and Jessie has worked um, with PAUSE in Plymouth. Thanks so much both for joining us today and a massive welcome to the Pause podcast. As you know, today we're talking a bit about what being trauma-informed means in reality, how it feels and why it is different. Jesse, I'm going to start with you if that's okay. Can you talk a bit about how working with Pause might have felt different to other services? Working with Pause is completely different than working with any other group or organization because every time you do another meeting or meet up with a pause practitioner you actually want to get up and do it because you know it is going to do you some good than if you had to go to one of those very strict and scripted meetings you just don't want to get up for. In this episode we're talking about trauma-informed services and one of the ones that we've heard about in Plymouth and that we think is really exciting is the community dentist that you guys work with in Pause Plymouth. How did you feel when your Pause practitioner first talked to you about going to the dentist? When Helena mentioned to me about going to the dentist for the absolute first time was was a nightmare. You you absolutely were petrified but I think her sitting down and explaining it over a couple of days, couple of weeks and how it's going to go in that you don't have to go alone and you're not going to have some scary dentist makes you feel at ease. And what was different about working with Christina, who is part of the community dentist service in Plymouth, to other health services that you've been to? Working with Christina was different 
because she was very friendly. Before she did anything with her, she would sit down and explain to you the process and the plan she had set and not just go ahead with it and then expect you to deal with it later, like traumatised from a dentist. She understands, she's not judgmental and she just sits and explains it with you so you have an idea of what you're getting from her and not going there and then you don't have a clue what's going to happen and go home like, that was quite quite scary, I'm not going there again. What difference did it make to your life to be able to have had that dental work done? Having the dentist work done, you're more confident to go and do like go to a job interview, it gives you confidence to talk to people. I used to talk with my hand over my mouth and my friends used to hate it because I'd mumble at the same time. Go around more confident, you hold yourself higher than what you assumed you were, you were able to make new friends. Sounds like it's had such a powerful, really important impact on your life. Is there anything you might say to other professionals about working with women who might have had similar experiences to you are there things that they should think about doing that would make a difference it's about finding the time to sit down with the women and understand what they're going through and what they need and it's not all a quick oh we're hanging I've only got 20 minutes with you so we're going to ram everything in in 20 minutes and I hope you understand it all in 20 minutes because if you don't I've got other places to be it's finding the time and changing the way you would work with somebody that has gone through trauma. Thanks so much, Jeffy. That's really powerful. I'm going to move to Lara now. He's a pause practitioner in Plymouth. Thinking about being trauma-informed as a professional, what does that mean to you? Being trauma-informed, it's about being able to make services and your own practice accessible for people who have had all different past histories and experiences. Jessie has put it beautifully when she talks about how her worries at the beginning and how actually being able to get her from the point where we're talking about the dentist and needing some dentistry work to getting her to the point of actually having some dentistry work done wasn't a case of asking and then it was happening the next this was a practitioner who took days and weeks and introduced her to Christina and showed her the building and and these sorts of things and that is what trauma informed is to me it's about understanding that people need time and need support and somebody to walk alongside them rather than being prescriptive and saying well this is what you need to do. What difference do you see for all of the women that you work with when they're supported by a trauma-informed professional as opposed to a professional that doesn't have that insight? I think it's huge. In Plymouth, as examples, that's what I think of as our dentistry and also women that we support with things like going for smear tests and things like that. The fear of those things before quite often will put people off immediately and be like, I'm not doing that. But what we see is if we've got trauma-informed professionals on side for this, I've sat in rooms uh, with women having root canals and extractions and all that sort of thing and being able to sit alongside and hold someone's hand while they're having the injection or being in the room with someone while they're having a smear test done behind a curtain and just talking to them it just makes for a whole lot calmer experience for the woman. Jessie's been for a number of appointments to complete treatment sometimes some of these women have to go 10-15 times to get the full amount done but they're far more likely to attend and I think that then has a further impact on our wider community if women are more open to going and receiving services around their health or 
education even or um, in Portsmouth there's one workplace that we actually work with that's trauma-informed and has been working with some of the Paul's women in offering work placements and what we find is that they're far more likely to receive treatment and access these services which then has a bigger impact on wider society and also has an impact on what women are more open to seeking out for themselves because it's about that feeling of trust and going well I've had a good service from this professional now I feel like I can trust another being trauma-informed it gives women a good position to work with people from but it is also good for the service providers because it means that they're likely to not have missed appointments so it's, it's just huge it just seems to have this ripple effect it's, it's really powerful powerful. Jessie it was really interesting what Lara was saying there about it made you feel confident about going back as well you weren't scared from the first appointment to never go back to the dentist is that how you felt? Yeah so once me and Helena went to the dentist and we did the poll just check what I needed and how sat with me right next to me in this little chair and every single appointment we got a taxi there well we had lunch first so she knew I'd eaten she'll come in the room with me and she would sit for all of it teeth being removed injections and she was quite squeamish she didn't quite enjoy it but she didn't leave the room going actually I can't she sat there she still spoke to me even though I can answer I did try once and that didn't go well And she would still talk to Christina about what was going on. And then at the end of once I've all swollen and couldn't talk, she would then put me in a taxi with herself and she would drop me off to somewhere like my mum's. So I was not left unattended all night. And then she would check on me days later. Having that someone that really cares about you, that will take you there, make sure you've eaten beforehand and then make sure that you get somewhere safely after being all poked and prodded for hours is amazing because you go actually that's what someone can do for me then I'll I'll continue to go you couldn't have asked for any better service from both the dentist and my practitioner so Lara what message would you have to other professionals that might be working with women like Jessie and women that you support in Paul's Plymouth what do they need to be thinking about Take your time, allow people to have time, explain things, understand that the support that they bring with them and that women ask for is usually the support that they need to get through that appointment. And they're the experts in that. And just be kind and help people to feel safe and secure while they're with you. So, Jesse, what message would you have for professionals working with women with similar experience to yours or women in Paul's Plymouth? What do they need to think about? Never judge a book by its cover just because we've all gone through trauma doesn't mean our stories are all the same. So just never judge us. Always be kind because we've started to lose that recently. And always make time for somebody because you just giving them an extra 10 or 15 minutes could really make their day. I think that's a really good point to end on. A massive thank you to you, Jesse and Lara, for talking about your experiences, sharing your insight and expertise. So I'm really excited to be joined by Dr Naomi Sutton, a consultant in sexual reproductive health in Rotherham, and Christina Wall, a dentist for the Peninsula Dental Social Enterprise in Plymouth. Hi both. Hi. Hi, thank you so much for having us. Thanks so much for joining us today. It's great to have you both here. 
So I'm really interested to find out more about what working in a trauma-informed way feels like for professionals and how you approach working with women who might have experienced complex trauma and how you think that that could be replicated for other professionals as well. So I'm going to start with you, Christina. What does trauma-informed mean to you? I think for me, trauma-informed practice really boils down something quite simple acting like a human around your patient, finding out more about them and what experiences they've been through. And then it seems really natural the way that you would treat them and and look after them. That could mean extra time if someone's particularly nervous and wants to take things a bit slowly. Also, just the way I work with people. So some people want everything to be explained. So you would go through things really slowly. Other people actually want the complete opposite and they want to know when you're starting. They then just want to zone out. They don't want to hear from you in between. And then they want to know when it's done. And Naomi, does that sort of explanation resonate with the care and support that you give women as well? Does, is that how it feels as a professional? Yeah, 100%. The way we deal with it in Rotherham is if we know that they're a pause patient, they have a flag on the system so that it just raises awareness. So everybody within our service knows what a pause patient is. And it's really just a way of acknowledging that they're vulnerable. So they might need a bit longer they might need to bring their worker with them. We're just a little bit more aware that they may be more anxious, more stressed, and we have a bit of background understanding. So for example, say somebody's coming for a coil fit and they say, I'm not ready today. It, it might feel really frustrating, but then you go, that's okay, because at least you've established a bit of a bond and a bit of rapport, and then you book them in when they're ready. So I think it's just understanding that having a coil could be a hugely triggering thing to go through because you've got to insert a speculum into the vagina and you're opening your legs, you're very exposed. So obviously not all pause patients have been sexually assaulted or anything like that, but you can't underestimate how triggering these things can be. Like Christina said, time a little bit of patience, a little bit of understanding, maybe more than you'd necessarily give to anyone else who walks off the street. Why do you think it's important to take this understanding approach to people? Can you see the difference that it makes with the women that you work with? Yeah, absolutely. A lot of the women I see, a lot of the patients that I see, because I work with other excluded groups as well, but they often have many themes in common. So Often they've stayed away from health services for a long time. Sometimes they will have encountered services that maybe haven't been trauma-informed in the past and they carry with them a lot of the judgment they've had. They've felt very ashamed going to other services, often for things that may not be their fault. If there's been some issues in childhood and you haven't been taught to look after your teeth, you can get problems and that, that gets to a stage where if you're missing teeth, you've got black decayed teeth. That really impacts somebody's self-esteem. Also, people that have been the victim of domestic violence, often that does focus around the face and people with broken teeth. It can be a constant reminder to the patient that that's happened to them, even when they smile. And it can have a massive effect on people wanting to form connections with other people. So for me, the trauma-informed aspects around dentistry, it's more than doing the treatment side of it. It's also that recognising the dentistry and giving someone their smile back is a lot bigger than that. Naomi, do you see that difference that it makes to women that you work with? Do they feel more comfortable coming back to services and coming back to talk to you? Yeah, what Christine is saying is it's just listening and it's validating their experience and not shaming them. So I think it's about showing that 
you accept this person for whatever they've been through and whatever they've done and you go look how great it is that you're here it's just being human with them and relating to them in any way that you can and encouraging them saying look this is brilliant and even if we we can't sort out what we need to sort out today let's bring you back again we've met now I'm not scary I hate getting my fanny out as well I often joke about so that they know they're in a safe place and often the more relaxed they are the more questions they ask and you'll be like oh I wouldn't even have thought of mentioning that because in my head that isn't even an issue by listening and letting them talk and lead the consultation is really important yeah I completely agree with that one of my biggest things with trauma-informed working is if you actually ask the patient how can I help you make this acceptable how can I help they'll tell you tell you exactly what you need to do And then you can just work with them and say, well, I can't do it quite like that, but I can do it like this. Is that okay? And you've both there just talked how you approach practice and how you support women, which just sounds amazing to us. Naomi, what advice would you give to other professionals, health or otherwise, who might be supporting women who've experienced complex trauma? Just listen lots. And I think as well, especially when you're doing something physical, especially with the genitals, look out for visual clues. So their legs clamping together, keep chatting, chat about the weather or dog or whatever, and just keep saying, this is your body, you're in control. I'm providing a service, but they can say stop at any point. I think sometimes people are very scared of this group of patients. They can be very difficult to interact with. And I know when I was training, for example, if you get a sexual assault on your list, it used to terrify me because I think, oh no, I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to make a mess of it. I'm going to re-traumatize them or something so I think it's really important to remember you're very unlikely to re-traumatize if you just listen and you explain why you're asking questions and Christina does that sort of resonate with you in terms of what you might say to other professionals yeah absolutely I think there's a lot of fear in dentists about dealing with nervous patients that they're not going to be able to do it their dentistry isn't going to be as good Just being open and talking to them about the fact that they're nervous and say dentistry is not always very pleasant and it's completely not your fault that you're nervous, then they'll just relax from that. And there are some dentists that perhaps because they are so nervous about treating nervous patients, almost blame the patient for it. I'd always say, put your pen down, don't sit at the computer, you sit opposite them and say, how can I help and get the chat going? You know, And and, and again, if you are feeling nervous and, and awkward about it, expose yourself more because the more you withdraw from that situation the more frightening things will be and and actually you'll be fine and if you're not fine go and talk to a colleague someone else will come and rescue you from whatever situation you've got yourself in every patient should really be a learning experience finally christina your community dental service in plymouth is really making a difference to people's oral health but also their lives and confidence as well how do you think more women working with pores or, or women that have experienced complex trauma could benefit from services like community dental services? The community dental service in Plymouth has had great success in treating many groups of people that have been excluded from normal dentistry. The trauma-informed care is obviously brilliant and I think it's really what's needed for a lot of patients. What we found is that if you have a flexible service that can be responsible to those people's needs they're not hard to reach at all and I think that's the biggest thing for me is that it is possible and to enable us to do this sort of trauma-informed working and do what works you need to have a service designed to do that. Does those sentiments echo with your experience as well Naomi? 
Yeah, and I think it's patients knowing that we're available, that we're free, that they can phone us and get in. And I think sometimes it's almost lack of education within the wider population. The pause ladies are probably the lucky ones because they've got a worker who can then navigate the system. I think it's people who are still probably equally vulnerable who maybe don't have the the wherewithal to operate the net or to phone us or to even just get that ball rolling. I think it all stems from education. So I think education, podcasts, posters, being out there and showing people that you're nice, you're friendly. Please come. Please come and see us. So that's it for this episode. And I want to say a huge thank you to Jessie for sharing her experiences. Thanks to Lara, Christina and Naomi as well for talking about how their work brings trauma-informed support to life. Hopefully it's really helped listeners understand what we mean by trauma-informed and see the difference it can make. We'll be back soon with another podcast episode, but in the meantime, if you want to find out more about PAUSE, just go to www.pause.org.uk or find us on Twitter at PAUSE.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, please keep sharing and subscribing and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, thank you.